morning. Amen. Let's try that again. Can you give the Lord a hand this morning? Hallelujah. He is worthy of your praise, church. Let's rise and give the Lord praise. Amen. So good to see you here in the house of the Lord. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, hope is rising. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ is alive. He's risen from the dead. Amen. Our sins are forgiven and we are on our way to heaven. Hallelujah. Amen.
Father. Hallelujah. We love you. There is no one like you. No one can save, Lord. No other name except the name of Jesus can bring salvation to us this morning, Lord. Lord, we just love you. We just want to stop and say thank you for all that you've already done.
going to take a few minutes this morning and how many of you feel the presence of the Lord in our building this morning? Amen. If you have got something going on in your body this morning and you need healing in your body, we're going to approach this two different ways. If you would like to come to the altar, uh, Pastor Steve is going to meet you. Uh, is going to meet you up here at the altar. Uh, over the last two or three months, I've encouraged you to fill out on the back of our connection card. I've encouraged you on the very back of it as a place for our prayer request. And I've encouraged you to pick them up and write your prayer request on the back and leave them in your seat or put them in the offering plate before you leave. And so what we're going to start doing during our prayer time, Sister Tina Bartley is going to be coming up. And she's going to be praying over these prayer requests in our Sunday morning service, okay? If you don't feel comfortable with walking up, we're going to start something new this morning. If you will just step out in the aisle. You don't have to walk all the way up here. If you'll just step out in the aisle, one of our under-shepherds uh, will meet you there, and they're going to pray over you this morning. So we're going to take a little time this morning and let you know how much we care about you and care about your needs. But you have to do your part, okay? And your part is just to step out in the aisle. Or your part is to walk up front. And one of our under-shepherds or one of our elders will meet you there and pray for you. If you can't come up or if you can't step out in the aisle, if you'll just raise your hand, someone will meet you right there to pray for you if there's any reason you can't move out in the aisle. I'm going to have them to sing that, another course of that. And if you'll just step out or make your way to the altar, then we're going to pray for you this morning. Amen. Go ahead. If you'll come this morning and help Pastor Steve around the altar this morning, if you'll make your way. Come on, guys. I need my elders and my workers up here praying, and we're going to take a few minutes to pray this morning. Hallelujah. Make sure that we're praying for them this morning as well, okay? Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Father, we thank you.
this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. As they continually sing and play, take time just to love on each other this morning. Just go around and shake each other's hands and love on each other this morning. Amen. touching lives, ain't he? Turn around before you sit down and tell your neighbor they look nice this morning. Turn around and tell your other neighbor that they look a little nicer. Oh, you may be seated in the house of God this morning. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're glad you're with us in the house of the Lord this morning. We know some people are still uh, traveling and on vacation, a lot going on in the summer time, but we are glad you're here this morning. Amen. I felt the Lord touch our, uh, touch our prayer time this morning. Uh, just a reminder, all the under shepherds, uh, Pastor Steve is having a meeting with you right after church. I appreciate all of our under shepherds that help us here at Calvary. They help take care of the uh, of the flock here, and they help me, and I appreciate them so so much. And let's give all of our under shepherds a hand this morning. Amen. Yes. Once once again, I just quickly I want to remind you right in the front of your seat is a connection card. If you've not been in here, if you've not been here for a while, if you're new, if you'll pick that up and fill that connection card out, stick it in our offering box in the back. Once again, on the back of that card is a prayer request. If you have a prayer request, please fill that out and stick it in the offering box. And Sister Tina Bartley and the prayer team on Monday mornings will be praying over them 
We're taking another step with that on Sunday morning. She's going to be coming up and praying over these prayer requests. And we believe that miracles is in the house. Amen? We believe miracles in the house. If you are new or haven't been here once again, in the back we have a book called Unshakable, Standing Strong When Things Go Wrong. We always have things at times in our life that we know. If you're breathing, things go wrong, right? And pick that book up in the back. It's a great, uh, great book. Praise the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, it's time for the pastor to go to work. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. What we're going to talk about this morning is, say my part, say God's part. Let's say it again. Say my part, this say God's part. Uh, oftentimes we look at our situations in our life is that it's God's part. When God is waiting on you and I to do our part. The truth is God cannot do his part until we do our part. So what I want to talk about this morning is let's say it together again. My part, let's say God's part. The, un the answer to understanding God can change us, but we must do our part together. This is just going to be a, just kind of a straightforward, simple message this morning. And so I encourage you to take notes this morning. And the number one point this morning is my part is to obey God. God's part is to guide me. Let's say that together. My part is to obey God. God's part is to guide me. Let's say that again. My part is to obey God. His part is to guide me. Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 says, Therefore, my dear friends, if you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continually to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. When I obey God, what I am saying is I trust God. I'm submitting to God. I'm surrendering to God. I'm laying my decisions in the hands of God. How many of you like me at times you make decisions in your life and they're in your own hands and they're not, we haven't put them into God's hands. When we delay obedience, we're questioning God. We're asking God, do you really know what's best? So when God speaks to us and we delay in obeying Him, we are really saying to God, God, do you really know best or do I know best? When we don't understand God's commandments, when we don't have to understand God's commandments to obey them and benefit, benefit them, God is just asking us to obey. Let me say that again. We don't have to understand God's commandments to obey them and from benefiting, benefiting from them. God is just asking us to obey them. Delayed obedience is disobedience. If you want the blessings of God, quickly follow His instructions quickly. Let me say that again. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of what? Your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. We ask God, what do you want me to do in my life? We start asking for dreams and visions and asking God to speak to us about our life. How many of you have asked God to speak to you about your life? God, give me, give me vision. Give me a dream. Speak to me about my life. Show me what's up ahead in my life, right? We all want to know what God is doing in our life, right? But what God is saying, just obey what I told you to do the last time. Right? God, we, we want God to reveal all of these things to us. And what God is telling you and I to do, just obey what I told you to do the last time. 
Just be obedient in what I've told you to do, right? Kevin, just obey. Well, I'm, I'm not crazy about obeying God. Well, just do, Kevin, what I've told you to do. How many of you want to be guided by the hand of God? How many of you want God to lay his hand upon you and guide you each step of the way? My part is to obey God. His part is to what? Guide me. He is my GPS system, so to speak. How many of you like me and can't hardly find your way out of this parking lot? Okay. Man, I wish they had what I've had. GPS. I wish they'd have had GPS 40 years ago when we get Tina and I got married. Now, my wife and my brother as well are excellent with directions. How many remember those old maps that you rolled them up and they were about that big and that long? Right? And you were going on vacation, you had to pull that map out and get your pen, pencil and magic marker and try to, to tell you where to go, right? Well, if you would have threw that piece of paper away and took my wife away, I'd have been left out in la-la land. <laughs> this is the honest truth. I still get lost sometimes with GPS. Now, that's a, that's, that's a big problem right there. Usually when we go somewhere, if it's a long distance and I'm with Pastor Steve or Pastor John, one of them drives because it's the truth. I get lost easy. But I want to be guided by the Spirit of God, right? How many of you know you make less mistakes when you're guided by the Spirit of God? So my part is to obey God and God will guide me. Second, my part is to give God's part is to provide. Let's say that together. My part is to give. God's part is to provide. What do we do? We skip to the provision part, okay? We want God to take care of our bills, right? We want God to take care of our finances, right? We want God to take care of our retirement. Uh, we want God to take care of us... The financially in a great way. How many of you like to have just a little bit of money in the bank for a rainy day? And you want God to bless you financially, right? How many want to be blessed financially, right? Well, my part is to give. God's part is to what? Provide. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10. Will a man rob God? It's a question. Yet, You've robbed me, God said. But you say, in what way have you robbed me? And here God says, you've robbed me in your tithes. Here it goes. And offerings. And then he goes on to say, you're cursed with a curse. For you have robbed me, God, even this whole nation. And then verse 10 says, bring how many of your tithes? All of your tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. What he's saying is that you bring all your tithes and all your offerings into the house of God so we can operate the house of God. Okay, so we can do what needs to be done in the house of God. We can pay the bills that, how many of you know, it takes a lot, especially this day and time, to run your own household, much less to run a church. He says, now, if you bring your tithes and offerings in, he said, I'm going to open up the windows of heaven and pour, say with me, pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be enough room to receive it. Say, God's part, my part. My part is what? To give. God's part is to provide and bless. God's saying, if you will do your part, Pastor, what is my part? He lays it out. Your part is 10% of your earnings into the house of the Lord to support the house of God and offerings, as the book of Malachi says. My part, God says, then, he says, now when you do what? When you do your part, then God says, I'm going to step up to the plate and I'm going to do my part. Philippians chapter 4 in verse 19 says, 
My God will meet all your needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. How many of you believe that God is poor? How many of you believe God's poor? If the Word of God says that when we get to heaven, we are going to walk on streets of what? Well, can I tell you, the God that I serve is not poor. Amen? There is not a time that God has asked Tina or I to give sacrificially that God has not poured out His blessings and is returned back to me. How many of you that pay your tithes and give, God can testify that God has financially blessed you in your life. Can we give God a hand? Amen. He says, when you give, I'm going to open up what? The windows of heaven, and then I'm going to what? I'm going to pour you out a blessing. You are the one who controls the hinges on the window. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that was pretty good. You're the one who controls the hinges on the window, okay? God's going to pour His blessings out on you if you what? If you give. God will provide. Your part is what? Let me make sure you heard it. Your part is the what? Give. God's part is the what? Is provide. The third thing is, my part is to choose unity. God's part is to unify. Let's say that together. My part is to choose unity. God's part is to unify. Would you agree with me that we are living in a world and a culture and a time and a workplace where unity is far and few between? Amen? But Psalm chapter 133 puts it like this. Harmony or unity is as freshing as the dew from Mount Hermon that falls on the mountain of Zion. And there the Lord has pronounced His blessing, even life everlasting. God says, if you'll walk in unity, He says, I'm going to bless you. God says, if you will choose to walk hand in hand, I'm going to bless you. But we got to remember that unity is not always agreeing. Now, I don't know if you know this or not, but Tina and I don't always agree. Is that, new, is that news to you? Come on, husband and wives, okay? But it's to my benefit that we walk in unity. Come on, men. <laughs> okay, it's important. The Bible says, I am going to bless you if you walk in unity. Amos chapter 3, verse 3 says, Two people will not walk together unless they have agreed to do so, which means that you and I have to make the choice to walk in unity. If you stay around this church very long, you're going to know, at times you're going to realize that maybe the pastor has made a decision that you're not going to totally agree with. If you walk around this, if you go around this church very long, you're going to realize there's going to be times that our team here at the church will make decisions that you might not agree with. But it's very important that us as a, a team here as a, at the church, we might not always agree, but if we want the Spirit of the Lord and the anointing, we have in the blessings of God, we have to walk in unity. Some of you, I want you to hear this. You need to quit caring, and I'm going to say this with a smile. You need to quit always carrying your feelings on your shoulders. You need to quit always, you need to, some of you need to quit always carrying your emotions on your shoulders. Can you say amen? And you need to realize that if you want the blessings of God in your life, you're going to have to choose to walk in unity. I might not always agree, 
We might not always agree, but it's important that we walk in unity. God wants us to walk in unity because He will bless us if we walk in unity. Now, we kind of, I felt just a little kind of kickback. Church, listen, unity's a big deal to God. If, If you ever thought about God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, they're always in unity, right? If we want to be blessed, then we have to walk in unity with our spouses. We have to walk in unity with our brothers and our sisters. And we have to walk in unity with our family. And we have to walk in unity with our brothers and sisters in Christ. The fourth one is, my part is to be faithful. God's part is to bring the increase. Let's say that together. My part is to be faithful. God's part is to bring what? The increase. Let's say that together. God's part is to be faithful. Our part is to be faithful. God's part is to bring increase. We always are, we always want the increase, right? Uh, we, uh, want more followers on Facebook. We, uh, uh, we want to be the big deal online. We want another promotion. We want to, we want more money. I want to be in charge. I want the corner office. I want a bigger salary. My part is to be faithful. God's part is to bring the increase. First Corinthians chapter four, two says, now in this way, those that are trusted with something valuable must show they are worthy of that trust. I think God might be saying, I know you want more, but are you being faithful in what I've already gave you? How do you treat what God has already gave you? How many of you want more in life? If you are breathing, you probably want more in life. Amen? Come on, young people. We want more in life, right? Let's be honest, right? Let me ask you the question. We want more. We want increase. But are we faithful in what God has already gave us? Okay? Are we faithful in what God has already gave us? Do you treat the job that God gave you like it's not really any big deal? Are you on your job looking on YouTube, looking on Facebook, Are you on your job using the boss's time up for some personal time? Are you being faithful to what God has already gave you? Are you treating your job coming in late? Or do you get there early? How do you treat the job that God has already gave you? God, you want God to give you increase? But how are you treating what He's already gave you? How are you treating the kids that God has already gave you? How are you treating your job, your money that God... How are you treating your money that God has already gave you? Do not ask God to be faithful in His part if you've not been faithful in your Part. Luke chapter 16 and verse 10 says, if you're faithful in, say with me, little things. If you're faithful in little things, look what it says. But if you're dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with great responsibility. Listen, we go from job to job, town to town, city to city, relationship to relationship, church to church, and we wonder why we're not getting any traction in life. We're always wanting the success success of others. If you look at their life, they didn't jump all over the place. They planted their feet, built their life, where they were planted. They were faithful in where they were at. I got one of the greatest compliments of my life here at the church here about a year and a half ago. And I had someone to say, they said, 
Pastor, it just seems like you try to run this church like it's a larger church. And I thought to myself, God is not going to bring increase in my life until I treat what He's already gave me like He wants me to treat it. Yeah, we don't have to put the signs out there on the parking lot that you're welcome. We, we don't have to make sure we got a nice sound system. We don't have to work on our team around here. We, we don't have to make sure some of these little things that might be little to you, but they're not little to me because God wants me to be faithful in what He has entrusted to me, right? We have under-shepherds because we want you to be taken care of. That is a big deal that you're called, you're checked on. That's a big deal, right? Because if God can't trust us in what we got, then He's not going to bring increase. Is it a big deal that we have security at the door every Sunday? Is that a big deal? It's a big deal to me. Because I want you safe, right? If God, can, God can't entrust me with more if I don't take care of what He's already gave me. Can you say amen? Let's say it again. My part is to do my very best and be faithful. My part is to do my very best and be faithful. God's part is to bring increase. Uh, how many of you love your children's pastor around here? Let's give him a hand. Amen? Yeah. Okay, I, I'm going to throw the good in, then I'm going to add something else, okay? Uh, I forgot to announce that we got water baptism next week, and Pastor John is preaching, and we're going to have a great Sunday. Amen? Amen? But one thing I can't stand to hear any of my team say, Pastor, uh, I didn't get time to study. Uh, I didn't get time to work on that. Do you mind if I just wing it? Do you mind if I just wing it? Well, Pastor John knows that I can't stand to hear that. Can I just wing it? Can I just get up there and wing it? I said, you can't wing nothing. So he, you, now how many of you know Pastor John, when he gets dedicated to something, he's dedicated to it, right? Okay. But he loves to come up to me every time, every once in a while, I say, I know I'm supposed to be preaching. Can I wing it? No, you can't wing it. He does that just to irritate me to death. God wants our best. Listen to me. God wants our best. When people are watching and when people are not watching, it's a big deal to God that we do our best in what He has already gave us and then He will bring the increase. Can you say amen? The last one, number five, is my part is to live a life of sacrifice. Let's say that. My part is to live a life of sacrifice. God's part is to reward me and Him to be glorified. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. What is a living sacrifice? For those of you that come to church every Sunday, that's great, and I thank God for you. But the ones that are called a living sacrifice are those who choose to sacrifice their time, choose to sacrifice their talent to serve. When was the last time that you sacrificed your time? We all get to enjoy the church being opened up on Sunday morning. And uh, the worship team gets to enjoy everything being turned on every Sunday morning when they get here. The lights are on. Everything is on, ready to go. But do you know there's somebody at this church that's here at 7 o'clock every Sunday morning? Every Sunday morning. Unless they're hauling him out on a stretcher, he is here every Sunday morning. And he, you know what he asks in return? Nothing.
There's somebody who teaches Sunday school every Sunday morning. There's somebody at the elevator every Sunday morning. There's somebody at the computer every Sunday morning. And I, there's somebody standing at our welcome desk every Sunday morning. And you know what they ask in return? Nothing. Now let's give them all a hand. Amen? Second Timothy chapter 4, 7, and 8 says, I have fought a good fight, I've finished the race, and I have remained faithful. But now the prize awaits me, the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day of His return. And the prize is not just for me, but for all who eagerly look forward to His appearing. God is saying that your reward sometimes is not always down here. I won't publicly say this. I say publicly, I won't finish the sentence, but I appreciate Marcia, and that's all I'm going to say because I know that in her life she's made some sacrifices that a lot of you don't know. God sees the sacrifices that we make, but God is expecting us to sacrifice our time, our effort, and our talent. And I'm going to turn around because I'm going to be respectful, okay? So you don't think I'm looking at you? But some of you guys have not did anything to sacrifice your time and gifts and talents around your local church since I've been here. I don't say that to condemn. I say that the greatest sacrifice was over 2,000 years ago. Our faith, our faith in how we believe, our faith in how we believe, our doctrine was built on a man called Jesus Christ that sacrificed everything he had. And what makes you and I think that we can't give a little bit of our talent, a little bit of our gifts, and our abilities back to the kingdom of God. Now, I got some of you mad at me. You know what happens when we don't become a living sacrifice, church? We become spiritual junkies. Because we just come and we want everything that God He has for us, but God, gimme, 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 gimme. My name is Jimmy. Now gimme, 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 gimme. When was the last time we said, God, I'm going to Sunday morning service and my worship to you is not going to be standing in that church service on Sunday morning with my hands raised and worshiping God. My sacrifice to you, my worship to you this morning, I'm going to choose to go downstairs and help Pastor Amanda that never gets to be up here on Sunday morning, and I'm going to help her. And I'm going to sacrifice. I'm going to sacrifice with the youth. I'm going to sacrifice my time and my abilities where everybody else can worship. This is my Sunday, and my worship to you, oh God, is doing something at Calvary Assembly God Church. That is sacrifice. You really want to know what worship is? Okay, I'm going to really make you mad, and I'm going to let you go home, okay? You really want to know what worship is? Worship is not all the time throwing our hands up in the air. And I appreciate you doing that. And I'm glad you do that. And I'm glad you love the Lord. And I'm glad you worship God like that. But you really want to worship God? Sacrifice your time, your ability, and your talents. And that goes up to the Lord as worship. My part is to what? To live a life of sacrifice. God's part is to reward me and Him get all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Can you say amen? Yeah. I, left that, I left that fifth one 
for the last one because I knew I could I could run if I needed to. Okay. <laughs> Let's stand if we will, please. Every head bowed and every eye closed this morning. How many of you believe it's a little hot in here this morning? Yes. Amen. As I said before, it's a good should have been a good Sunday to preach on somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> We're getting we're in the process of getting that together to make sure we get a new system in here. Amen. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. Never head bowed, never eye closed this morning. Praise God. How many are you glad you come into the house of the Lord this morning? Let's say it all together. My part. Say God's part. Say I'm gonna do my part and I'm gonna wait on God to do his part. Amen. Father, we love you this morning. You're an awesome God. You're the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, God. God, we know that during our prayer time this morning that you brought healing. You brought healing in somebody's body. And not only that, God, but you touched somebody's spirit during our healing, uh, during our prayer time this morning, God. And we want to thank you. We want to thank you for touching families. And Father, maybe there's someone that walked in here this morning and before they leave, God, maybe they didn't step out in the aisle, maybe they didn't come to the altar, but they want to say right now, with every head please bowed and every eye please closed, I want to ask, is there anyone that say, Pastor, I am, you know, I'm going through a lot in my life right now. I mean, I'm going through a lot. I've got maybe oppression, depression. i got a lot going on in my life right now. Would you just slip up your hand right now? One, two, three, four. My gracious, look at all of those hands. Wow. God, we stop for a moment before we leave this building. God, I thank you for everyone that came this morning. God, they had to pass almost 50 churches to even get to this one. And God, I thank you that they chose to come this morning. And as a pastor, as a shepherd, as our under-shepherds, as our elders, God, we ask you to touch every hand that was raised. We here at Calvary, Lord, care about souls, loving God and loving people and changing the world around us, God. And Lord, all the hands that was raised, I am asking you right now that you will go in and work that situation out. And God, you will touch their mind and their spirit right now. Lord, thank you for gracing us, Lord, with your presence and your love and your mercy and grace this morning. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, my part, God's part. Amen. God bless you and you have a great, great week in the Lord.